This is the Nutanix Community Podcast with Dwayne Lesnar and Angelo Luciani, episode 63. Here we go. Welcome back to the podcast. This week, I speak with first-time guest Sachin Cheda, Senior Director of Solutions Marketing, and someone who's been on the podcast several times. In fact, he may get the award in 2019 for most guest appearances, Rohit Goyle, Principal Product Marketing Manager, IoT at Nutanix. We talk about the energy sector, from being agile and always on, to digital transformation. And we also touch on edge computing with IoT. Let's join the conversation. Welcome to the podcast, Sachin and Rohit. Sachin, I thought we'd start with you. Can you summarize for folks listening what encompasses the energy sector? I know it's a it's it, it's a big term, broad term. Um, let's give some folks some context on what we're talking about when we talk about the energy sector. Uh, thanks, Angelo, and thanks for having me. Um, energy sector is one of our economy's largest sectors. It's pretty much everything that people need and use on a daily basis with respect to electricity, fuel, etc. So the major subsectors in this segment include like the oil and gas industry or the oil and gas segment. Uh, utilities also makes up a big chunk of this, and that includes the production side, so power plants, etc., as well as a lot of the distribution. These are all the companies that organize and distribute uh, electricity, they organize and distribute gas, etc. Now, one emerging area that we see in the energy sector includes the renewable energy uh, space, and that includes uh, sectors like uh, the solar uh, industry. We also see uh, stuff around wind uh, and even wave. Uh, this sector is actually fairly large uh, in, in its usage of technology. Matter of fact, the oil and gas space and the energy sector at large has been making use of technology right from the get-go to differentiate themselves. So we see things like 3D seismic processing, uh, linear programming models for refineries, um, process control for operations, etc. cetera. Uh, this is, again, on the cutting edge of technology. Yeah, and and I, I think we're, as, we're also seeing as this... Um market space the oil and gas markets market space um maybe not matures but as it grows we're seeing a lot newer opportunities um in that space as well anything that that comes to mind yeah so you know this is a sector that has been doing big data analytics and iot and other things before they were cool or popular um so this sector which again the the oil and gas sector specifically which comprises of an upstream component around oil exploration or resource exploration, extraction and production, a midstream sector, which is more on the lines of transportation, storage, et cetera. And then the refining side of it, use all these technologies to basically optimize their day-to-day operations. In a way, they look at not only the, the, uh, the resources themselves, but the operational side or the operational technology side of it. Now, I know Rohit has a uh, a lot of experience here uh, as a function of IoT. Rohit, do you want to add something else? Yeah, definitely, Sachin. Thanks for that uh, intro. And I, I think uh, it's truly about timing. If you if you boil it down, if if you look at you know where compute has changed and over time uh, performance has 
has increased and pricing of compute has really dropped, it's really shifted that compute resources to other parts of the organization. And it's opening up these newer opportunities. And then you have these IoT devices uh, that are all really at the edge. And in oil and gas specifically, there's sensors, they've already had them for a long time, right? So these sensors have been there, they're generating all this data. So what organizations have been doing either, they've been taking and harnessing all that data at the edge, or they've been you know, letting it drop on the floor, right? So it's not a, what they, they really need to think about is actually taking that compute resources from maybe like their core data center or public cloud type resources, bringing that out to the edge and analyzing it in real time. And that's really where we think like IoT is, uh, is gonna be a big play. Yeah, a lot of opportunities here for uh, IT and wanted to get your takes on relevant areas for IT. What What's driving the IT investments in the um, energy sector, oil and gas space, etc.? So the first thing, Angelo, it's worth understanding is that this is a commodity business, right? Oil is traded on a commodity market. It, it has, again... Um, uh, there are a lot of incentives to to bring cost in in line or optimize around cost. So that tends to be one of the biggest drivers in this this industry, in the energy industry, and more specifically around oil and gas, because they're trying to manage their cost and control it. And another factor that you see play out quite a bit in the IT investment side of it is to increase the productivity across the board. For example. If somebody has resources, like they own a reservoir uh, where they, they have some you know, hydrocarbons or like gas and oil, etc., they want to maximize the, the extraction of the, the oil resources from that in a timely fashion. So between those two areas, we see quite a bit of investment being made around IT. And I would say as a part of that, to make that really doable and usable is one is the adoption of all the technologies that, that Rohit talked about, that I talked about, right? The seismic processing, the seismic visualization, uh, you know, linear uh, programming models for the refineries and improving the control processes. But a big part of that also is the automation, right? How do you make sure that IT is able to automate a lot of the practices. So places where we had a lot of manual intervention from folks around, uh, you know, process steps, et cetera, it, it is now being automated. And for many organizations, Angelo, this can be a key competitive differentiator. So I think those are definitely factors. Yeah, and, and maybe in the last several years, we're hearing the, the the term digital transformation a lot. And so, where do you where do you where do you see digital transformation playing here in in terms of bringing um, IT innovation to the entire business? Yeah, I mean, there are quite a few areas of investments that the the sector is making, and I know that uh, Rohit's going to talk a lot more about the the edge side of it. So let me let me hold off on that and and start with something more on the, the traditional IT side, right? And that starts with things like supply chain automation and optimization. Um, so as you would imagine, uh, because of the way they have been operating and at the scale, their supply chains are well-oiled machines. And uh, I know that there is also always rooms to bring new digital transformation technologies like tracking, like, uh, you know, uh, short real-time uh, in process improvements in there. So IT can play a very uh, important role uh, by basically using the data. Now, uh, what uh, 
what Rohit talked about was this concept uh, that I call data leakage, right? So data leakage is where data isn't getting used or data is getting corrupted, et cetera. So that's where digital transformation can help, right? Is to help that supply chain automation prevent the data leakage and then use it as a part of their, their ongoing optimization. And then also as a part of that is the process optimization and the process automation. Right? And this goes back to removing a lot of the manual intervention. I talked a little bit about this earlier, but that means further investments being made around SCADA. SCADA stands for Supervisory Control and Data Acquisition. So basically making more investments and automating a lot more of the process side of things with the you know, further investment in there. So previously where they had somebody manually looking at uh, a set of screens, now they would have somebody more in a supervisory role instead relying on the systems to automate things. And that requires, again, IT to run as a part of this. And then the last area before I, I bring Rohit back into the conversation is that we see a lot of preventive maintenance uh, happening here, right? This is a very capital-intensive industry, as you can imagine, right? Not only on the production side, right? We were talking about upstream, midstream, and downstream. There's a lot of investment being made in machinery, very expensive, very, uh, uh, you know, uh, large machines. And it's important that you use IT to analyze a lot of the data that's being collected through SCADA, through machines, through IoT, and essentially driving a lot more preventive maintenance or preventive process improvements or proactive process improvements to really change this out. And this is where digital transformation can happen. And this is where IT can drive a lot of that innovation. Now, I spoke about the edge earlier here. Let me let me bring Rohit back into the conversation. Rohit, what do you think about that whole kind of edge story, right? Pushing the application to the edge, et cetera. Yeah, no, great, great point, Sachin. And it, uh, it totally plays into this wheelhouse of where we're talking about, you know, analytics at the edge, right? So it's about how long-standing applications like SCADA that can coexist with newer apps that use AI containers, analytics to minimize operational technology complexity, or OT, um, as a lot of folks know about it. It's a, it's about a, why a platform approach is better than you know the single point solutions and why your application vendors and developers are already thinking this way. So if you think about it, it's you know these systems and equipment manufacturers uh, that can monitor age and performance and apply these learnings to do that predictive failure you're talking about, Sachin. It's, it's really about increasing that efficiency and yield and intelligently limiting power usage during off hours. Another example is in a factory, once a machine breaks down, you're dealing with not only the loss of production uh, you know, from that machine for, for the day, but now you have to wait for new parts or you know, repair service. Um, it, it's all just really costly. So this predictive analysis uh, can tell you when machines are likely to have that uh, issue so you can, you can act on it in real time. And imagine that you're able to detect these failures and you're starting to see trends. Maybe you can actually think about it um, at scale. So you're not thinking only one manufacturing facility or, or uh, you know, an oil rig. You're thinking about all the hundreds that you have to manage and being able to learn from all of those uh, and being able to apply you know, those learnings across the board. Yeah, and for um, 
before we started the podcast, we were talking also about um, we were going to pepper in through we were going to pepper uh, throughout the podcast stats. So I want to give uh, I want to give uh, one of you two an opportunity if you have a stat on hand to to share. Able to uh, kind of ta- uh, you know close out that data leakage, it could result in better decision making on like resource extraction. And uh, we actually have a stat from McKinsey that says that just by having better access to data, they can increase their revenue by 5%. Now, imagine 5% on a very large uh, revenue stream. That can be substantial, right? And you're talking about ROI being measured in days, if not weeks. And that's why it's important to have uh, a really good set of IT infrastructure to, to manage it. Another stat that I do want to also point out is that energy sector touches pretty much everyone's lives. According to Gartner analysts, uh, more than 50% of IoT projects will use edge devices for uh, analytics by 2022. So moving, moving projects and moving uh, data to, you know, uh, data close to the compute at the edge is going to be very important for organizations in the future. Good. So in addition to the technology, I know there's also another aspect of this is driving higher productivity for personnel. How, what are your thoughts on that piece? So, Angelo, for me, it comes back to getting the person, uh, giving the, the subject matter experts better access to tools, uh, whether it's on the edge like Rohit talked about or it's in in the field if they're they're working in remote sites where it's not really you know um, feasible to have a full-blown data center uh, uh, and instead like mobile devices etc play a big role in that or it's in central offices where you have geophysicists and other uh, hydrocarbon uh, or uh, petrochemical engineers working on uh, planning and designing, etc., and and so that's a big part of the push, right? Giving them better access to tools. Another part of this whole productivity story is what we talked about again and again. It's this data leakage, information leakage. Um, I I would also pres- uh, you know want to talk about another term. It's called information weakness, right? So it's it's making sure that we are able to get the information in the right format for processing. And that starts with the edge where, you know, Gartner, uh, Rohit mentioned a Gartner stat earlier to basically giving them access to tools that can help them visualize things better, to collaborate better, et cetera. So those are definitely plays for me, right? When you, whether you're talking about in the field, you're talking about in the edge, you're talking about in the centralized office, it's important to get folks uh, better access to tools and better access to data. Uh, Sachin, this is great. And what we're seeing is... Uh Edge playing a role with local enablement of personnel, right? So if you think about how IT and OT have been, you know, battling it out for quite some time, I think what we have to do is we have to make it easier for uh, different parts of the organization to start seeing value out of what, uh, what we're bringing to the edge. And when we make it easier for people to deploy these technologies out in the field. So that oil rig example, if you can actually deploy it uh, where you don't need special uh, expertise, or maybe you're in a retail location uh, where you, you want to understand how your customers are, are getting your product uh, better, so customer loyalty programs or uh, you know anything where you're doing image analytics, the, the edge is a powerful option for, 
you know, enabling organizations. And what it does, it also helps with data scientists who want to um, understand, you know, what's happening with all this data that we're collecting and how can we, we better be informed as an organization altogether. So this can really lead to new strategy, discovery, innovation, and develop long-term company plans. And you'll be able to uncover these new patterns and anomalies in these large data data scale environments uh, through regression analysis, queue modeling, machine learning, and start to really work with those neural networks. Um, they'll be able to test solutions for functionality and integrity and troubleshoot and resolve before they, you know, these things become outages like we were talking about. Great. And just shifting a little bit, utilities are also evolving and transforming as well. Sachin, what are you seeing there? Yes, Angelo. Um, there's a significant investment kind of worldwide around uh, the distribution side of it. So we talk about smart grid technology, right? And that's essentially where it, a lot of it is not only in line with like the actual technology or, or the involved in the distribution, but also sensors to maintain continuity, safety, etc. There's also another angle on the edge here, and this is uh, where we're talking about making field crews more productive, right? So being able to get access to information on location of different uh, resources. So, for example, if you're dealing with uh, underground uh, pipelines for, for gas distribution, how do, how do crews really uh, get access to that? In the past, it used to be paper maps. Now, a lot of this stuff is real-time, and a lot of this stuff can be tied back to sensors that are mounted on trucks or mounted in, in mobile uh, on a mobile platform, and being able to get to the, the information in the application helps kind of improve that. Um, a big part of this also comes back to the automation side of it. Um, there's a, a consulting firm called Bain & Company that most folks are probably familiar with, and they estimate that in the utility sector alone that automation can reduce costs by as much as 25%. This is These costs are, again, the operations side from a personnel perspective, as well as kind of uh, the implied uh, benefits from continuity, et cetera. And so that's where technology can really play a role here. Now, Rohit, one of the other things that you mentioned earlier was this whole thing about interacting with customers, right? Getting more intimate with them um, and almost embracing an omni-channel approach to that. And that's been a big part of the utility side of as well. I don't know how many of you guys pay attention to some of the circulars that get sent by utility companies, but they're spending more time engaging us and, you know, informing us on the choice of the different providers that are providing electricity and also giving us stats on how our utilization compares to years past or months past and how seasonality uh, is going to affect the rate in the future. It's really not our parents' electric company or, or utility company or, or power company in that sense. Yeah, uh, Sachin, I think uh, at the end of the day, it's really time to rethink how, how the edge should be deployed and managed and operated. And exactly what you're talking about, where we have to be more intelligent with all the information we're collecting and be able to analyze that and provide that out through several different means, whether it's you know out to their you know the customers directly or to the internal business units. Um, but you you really need to think about how 
applications should be deployed uh, closer to the edge, but it has to be on a platform. Otherwise, what happens is you'll deploy these point solutions out there and you'll get stuck, right? If you think about you know, how business operates, they, they have these problems, they try to solve it, but then they can't predict what's going to happen three, six months out. Uh, so if you have a platform, that'll really help you out. Uh, and Great. And as well, Nutanix can help here. I was wondering if you could share with folks some, some aspects of where you think Nutanix uh, technology applies in these uh, particular areas. Absolutely. So we talked about the edge quite a bit here. And we'll, we'll again, I'll turn it back over to Rohit later to talk about that whole revolutionizing the egg, edge here. Uh, but it's important to also start with the, the, the data center, right? And, and looking at the data center infrastructure stack. Um, the reason for this is one, the applications have evolved, right? So it's not only about running applications faster, better, but it's also looking at the next generation or the new breed of workloads that are coming uh, live here. Um, and that's where Nutanix can really help. We were the first platform to be uh, uh, to work with uh, SAP uh, to be able to run SAP HANA in production on a hyperconverged platform. So that is a huge advantage that Nutanix can deliver uh, energy companies at large. And it makes sense to look at, you know, the, the whole data center modernization for these existing applications, also from the sense of optimizing their TCO. I mentioned this earlier, right? That's one of the main imperatives driving IT investment is how they can reduce their costs uh, in IT and across the board. So the, these, these are the areas where Nutanix can really help. Uh, Nutanix can also help on the whole application modernization side of it. I know a lot of these energy companies are investing quite extensively in technology and software development capabilities. And matter of fact, I will go out and say that some of these investments are rivaling even tech companies in areas like design, supply chain management, production management, process control. So it's important that they have the right set of tools to modernize their applications and to aid software development. And that's where Nutanix has released a range of products to simplify those environments. So in addition to supporting our traditional virtualization stack and, and, and being able to run things in a much more elegant fashion, we have now tools to simplify um, launching complex applications, uh, including Dalper environments using multiple different clouds. So you can use the data center resources, you could use service provider resources, you could use public cloud resources. You could also invest in, and uh, organizations can invest in these cutting edge technologies around containers as well. So the support for Kubernetes is a big deal in this sector because they're working on ways to containerize workloads so that it's portable between the data center and the edge. So that's where I want to also pull back Rohit into the conversation to talk a little bit about that edge scenario. Perfect, Sachin. Yeah, and I, I think it's really about that. When you think about this holistically, it's about solving problems in that in your core data center, uh, in you know distributed data center. And then you know when you're thinking about these edge locations, some of these happen to be in these really remote off areas, and you have to have a solution that can fit into. Uh, any of these with a platform that's flexible, right? And Nutanix does have an offering around that where we have an IoT platform that's 100% software defined and it delivers that local compute, that machine learning and intelligence for your IoT edge devices. And it converges the edge and you know your cloud of choice into a seamless 
almost a delightful application development platform. So you can get those data scientists or you can get those developers uh, onto the platform to do new cutting edge things where uh, they weren't possible before. And Rohit, just to add to that, right? I mean, there's one element here in terms of the operations that Nitax can help as well. You talked about the whole merger of IT and OT. Um, you know, coming from a research background, like, you know, years, years, years past, I used to deal a lot with the embedded system world. And it was pretty much the domain of an operational technology team. So I think one of the areas that I, I would want to reemphasize that when Nutax can really help is bringing those two closer together and taking some of those embedded systems that used to be silos and now letting IT help them, help the business units control them. Right. And, and we have some good examples right, that we've done uh, in other sectors that are very much applicable to, to uh, the energy sector as well. So it doesn't matter whether you're talking about oil and gas or you're talking about utilities on the distribution side or decentralized uh, you know, a power generation uh, set up with solar and wind, etc. I think Nutanix can help them across the board from, from the data center to the edge and back. Great. And that's a great segue to um, what are some of the next steps for folks to take uh, to help them sort of accelerate their, their journey? Yeah. So, Angelo, you know, I strongly recommend that everyone starts with an assessment of their own capabilities. Uh, we actually have launched a maturity model, and that's probably a good uh, topic for its own podcast maybe later on. But uh, for folks that are interested it, we actually have a tool that gives a very high-level assessment of what IT maturity would be, uh, evaluating around three key areas. So it evaluates the technology investment, evaluates the uh, organizational uh, investment, and then evaluates the operational investment in IT and how they're able to support things like digital transformation that you mentioned earlier, how they're able to look at areas like the edge and how they are able to embrace this whole OTIT merger, which is essentially the evolution of what we call DevOps today. So I think it's important that maybe you know people start with that maturity model assessment. Um, the best way to do that is to go onto our website. There's a, a, a page they can go to. It's www.natanix.com slash maturity dash model. Maturity, M-A-T-U-R-I-T-Y dash model and by going there they they get a 16 question survey that they could take and it will basically give them a, an assessment of where they stand on supporting this transformation and i would strongly recommend doing that now i know rohit's going to have more on the iot side of it as well but i also recommend that you engage with our subject matter experts on our community site which is one that you run uh, next.natanix.com we have some really great Reference architectures that we've talked about there around VDI, which allows for remote access, etc. So it's important that people engage with with their peers and other folks just to see, you know, where new tags can really make a difference on that sense. Yeah, I'd love to add. Uh, that's perfect, Sachin. I mean, there, there's so much information out there that um, sometimes it's not easy to find where it is. And I'm just going to drop in a quick URL here, newtanks.com slash IoT, to see if, uh, you know, if you want to find out more information about our offering, it's Xi IoT, X-I IoT. That's our offering. 
Great. That's a great conversation. Thank you so, so much for joining us today. Sachin, we have, um, we like to ask uh, our, our special guests or guests three rapid fire questions at the end of the podcast. Usually it's to help folks get to know you a little better. Uh, Rohit has done this in the past, so we won't ask him these three questions, but we wanted to get your take um, on these three rapid fire questions. So let me know. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay iOS or Android? iOS today. <laughs> ebook or physical book? Physical book. Great. And finally, favorite app? Slack. Wow, great. Yeah, this is great. Finally, uh, someone who hasn't been on the fence on any of these questions. In the past, we've had people kind of... Uh, on the fence, but this is great. So thank you so much. Um, Sachin, uh, very quickly, uh, folks want to reach out to you. Can they reach out to you on Twitter, etc.? What's your Twitter handle? Um, absolutely. Uh, my Twitter handle is store, S-C-S-T-O-R, uh, the letter S and the, the letter C, store, S-C. I tried to get it as short as I could. That was the uh, shortest I could get. Great. And Rohit, uh, what your Twitter for folks to follow? Sure, it's uh, R Goyle, R G O Y A L three. Thanks, Rohit. Thanks, Sachin. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to check out the Nutanix online community at next.nutanix.com for resources, blogs, and continuing the conversation in our forums. Check out the show notes for links and resources mentioned on the podcast as well. So, with that, from the team here at Nutanix, have a great week.